Welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And today we are covering the Cold Toast. The Cold Toast. Oh, the Gold the, the gold Coast. The, the Cold Toast Suns. Yes. <laughs> the Cold Toast and Buns. Um, who are more Supercoach relevant this year than probably ever. Uh, I wouldn't say maybe, ever. Maybe. 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 And I'm not talking about their premiums, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, their premiums Or lack are thereof. Cooked, yeah. Is it, do they even have a premium? I literally have not got a premium on their entire list. That's fair. <laughs> um, I don't think that they're... You, if you're looking for premiums, just bypass them, but they are very, very relevant in terms of rookies. Yes. Um, I think, and we'll just get straight into the team overview, I think that they're guaranteed to be the bottom yep. team this year. And this could be the record for the quickest podcast beating North Melbourne last year. No, I don't think... At so. 15 minutes. There's, there's quite a lot of content to get through, but... Um, the only thing that could save them is the fact that um, Carlton's do- you know, Doherty going down and them not if they don't progress from last year which I think they will I think they actually genuinely will progress oh no they'll be bottom of the ladder Carlton no yeah no yeah, Gold Coast yeah. will be bottom So, um, but they do play each other twice so it might be the results of those games could determine who gets the spoon so uh, it's gonna be gonna be a crack gonna be a cracking year for the Gold Coast Suns. I and we've said this before. We said this in our podcast last year. I mean, you're obviously a hardcore Brisbane fan. Yes, I really want to like the Gold Coast. So uh, this is don't take this as a battering. Oh no, I actually I well Gold Coast is probably my third side behind yeah. Brisbane, Carlton, and then Gold Coast. But um, it is actually by the way great venue. Metricon Stadium is yeah. an amazing spot. Awesome. We, when we go great. down, we stay down there near the casino. You get a bus, you walk across the road, get a bus straight to the stadium in five minutes. It's a really awesome place to go watch football. It's just they've got to have a competitive team on the park. I'm just they'll, glad the AFL have put. Yeah, they'll get there. They've come out and said. Um, yeah, we're definitely 100% going to be backing, you know, the, you know, the Gold Coast Suns in yeah. and see how they go. So fingers crossed it all works out for them. Well, if you don't do it right, do it uh, multiple times. Yeah, that's right. So that's my theory on it. Um, but yeah, Chris, take us away. We're going to play the highlights from the, Gold Coast versus the, the Suns. Probably the uh, only Gold Coast highlight. versus the Swans, should I say. Yeah, the <laughs> only highlight that they really had for the entire year was... Their real win against Sydney. Um, yeah, and even then they were losing at quarter time. That's true. Um, but if you want a sneaky little bet this year, just try and pick an opponent that's versing Gold Coast and bet over a hundred points. Oh, I reckon they're going to lose. Bad. I reckon they're going to lose four games by a hundred points or more this year. So look, I'll, I'll just go through. I mean, look, the rebuild. They're obviously rebuilding. Hundred percent. They flagged that they've traded out. Decent, Everybody. decent picks and decent players that they they didn't need to trade out. Well, Tom Lynch, to Stephen May, Collar Jasney, gone, gone, gone. Yep. Uh, they've just delisted, um, what's his name, Jared Lyons as well. So, I mean, just the, they've cleared, cleared, cleared out the whole... Um, and Aaron Hall, gone, fire sale. Yep. And uh, they did manage four wins, but it didn't feel like they won four. Well, they, they beat Brisbane. Um, they won the first two rounds. So they, they were actually 2-0. Oh, yeah. in, the, in the rain. Exactly right. Where Ben Brown got 20 points or 12 points or whatever it was. But then they lost the next 16 and the next 17, including two by over 100 points to the Cats and Giants. So they, they are far and away from the best in the competition in terms of where they need to be. And I think they know it. Um, they need to close the gap in the competition and be competitive. Their average losing margin to top eight sides. 78 points. Oh, 
it's, it's just a splattering. That is a smashing. <laughs> so they could lose eight games by 100 points. They could. <laughs> it's like, and that was last year. <laughs> They're worse this year. So again, sorry to bash on them, but 78.4 points per game it's on top of It's going to be like the first year they've come into the competition. Yeah. And what's you get a couple of experienced guys, but a lot of draft talent. It's going to be like they're playing the it's first, even GWS, even GWS the first two or three years. They'll get flogged. Um, interesting, considering that they actually made the second most tackles in the entire comp for the year. So their their pressure around the ball was pretty good. They they turned the ball over more than any other side though. Their foot skills were absolutely terrible. Um, it just literally doesn't look like it's getting worse. Uh, but that does make them a really important cog in SuperCoach because. They will be playing the kids. Yes. Guaranteed. So round one, expect them to have four or five debutants. That's what I see with Gold Coast. Draw difficulty, they have the 15th hardest, so the second, uh, so third easiest. They double up against GWS, Adelaide, Brisbane, St Kilda, and Carlton. Now, the unfortunate thing about that is, I mean, GWS is probably getting worse, but I think there's probably still a top eight side. Yeah. I think, I, I don't know, I think GWS underrated this year. Yeah. Adelaide so, as well, underrated. I think they're yeah. going to come back in. Brisbane are on the improve, St Kilda on the improve, and then you've got Carlton also improving. So all of those teams around them are generally going to be improving or teams that are going to, they're going to struggle with. So uh, even though it says 15th hardest draw, I think it's a little bit harder than that. So just my opinion. They uh, three six-day breaks though and, and no five-day breaks. So they actually have the league's shortest amount of six-day breaks and no five-day breaks. Um, well, you know why? Because no one wants to watch football on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> because <laughs> you know what? We just play you Sunday every week, guys. And look, that's actually good for them um, in terms of down here. I, I prefer the afternoon games down like on the Gold Coast because you can, you know, it's a two o'clock kickoff. Yeah, no prime You're back time. By, no nah, prime nah. time. They don't deserve it. What does that mean? They'll play three Saturday games and then the rest will be Sundays. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much, and they'll probably be when they're versing Brisbane or something. Yeah. Like Q Clash Saturday. Okay, now you get a seven day break. You're on back on Sunday. Pretty much. Now, you can read into this however you like, but um, they do have a, a good opening six rounds against decent te- teams that they can potentially snag a win. Um, so they would want to come out of it with a couple, because otherwise it's going to be an 0-6. Uh, they're going to they're gonna say hi to old mate Owen for a, lot, a long time. But they have Saints away, Freo at home, Dogs away, Carlton at home, Adelaide away, then the Lions. So that's the first six rounds. So it's probably one of the easiest six rounds that you could ask for. Um so you can look at that two ways. Do they want to like charge for a win, play all their mature age recruits, or do they want to go in there with the young guns, see if that what they can do, and evaluate their season, give them more games? I'll save young guns for a thousand. <laughs> yes, sold. Well, so, so, what, sold what better way to give them a little bit of confidence? Well, I I agree with you, but I I do like the other viewpoint of we need to give the supporters something at the start of the year. So we've got to win a game. If they wanted to give the supporters something, they wouldn't be doing a fire sale like Die Hard 4. I wonder if they... I, I'm not a member of the Gold Coast. I wonder if they sent out a big members email at the end of the year saying, hi, by the way, this is what's happening. We're going to sell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and um, But we still want your support. Still yeah, give us some money. We want your support to sell the farm. Anyway, they have the round 14 buy, which isn't great for upgrades, but it's fantastic for rookies because obviously the rookies that you start with at the start of the year, if they're performing well, you can carry them right through until that last buy. So it does mean that um, they're good on that sense. Um, in terms of off-season's recruits, so they've got some a lot of ins and a lot of outs. So they're ins. Corey Ellis, Jack Homsch, George Holland-Smith, and Anthony Miles are all in. Um, out of the team is Michael Barlow, 
Josh Jasker. I've never heard of that guy. Jesse Lonigan, who never really got off the ground. No, lost patience there. Yep. Um, Jared Lyons, Max Spencer, again, another rookie. Mackenzie Willis, another rookie. Aaron Hall, Kay Colo, um, Stephen May, Tom Lynch, Jack Scrimshaw, and Matt Rosa retired as well. Yes. That is a massive... Well, he probably saw what was happening and was like, I'm out. Well, I mean, he was old enough. And he had some decent games playing for the Suns, but uh, yeah, he was pretty much done anyway. Um, so huge clean out. Um, obviously there is some, uh, quite a few Supercoach relevant discussions in that. And so we will obviously touch base on that too, but the biggest ones obviously are rookies. So they had some really, really great draft selections, a lot of top 10 selections. And I think they had five or six selections in the top 30, um, which is really warranted. Um, so there we go with the, the result of that game. Oh, we can't even see the, uh, the suns there, but they did win that game just in case you're wondering. Um, all right, let's go over here. So getting into it, rookies. So they had pick two and they picked Jack Lacocious, um, which were, I think everyone felt that that was the way they were going to go if Sam Walsh was picked at number one. Um, so I'll go through a little bit. So what they've tried to do here, which is what we discussed in last week's pod, um, with them trading people from the same state or club. Yeah, they're trying to pull up Brisbane because it looks like it's working out. Yeah, exactly right. They're, they're trying to mitigate the go-home factor. And the fact of the matter is that there's not much talent in Queensland in terms of up-and-coming. And when there is, obviously, Brisbane and Gold Coast snap it up. Um, but they do have to draft from interstate generally to get these kids in. So uh, Jack Kosas is from Adelaide. Uh, and the comparisons, obviously, to Nick Rewalt. So probably a lot of people know... Uh, about Jack Lacocious, but that's the style of player he is. He's the one one that hits up the logos. He's at 194 centimeters, 85 kegs, ready to go. Um, he was talked up most of the year as the player most likely to go number one, but however, being from um, South Australia and Carlton having pick one meant that they were more likely to go Sam Walsh just purely because, again, go home factor. And you would, why wouldn't you? So it yeah. makes a lot of sense to me. Um, they nabbed him at number two, um, and they also got uh, two other kids from the same state um, and a uh, pre-draft prospect as well in uh, in Chris Burgess. So they got Chris Burgess and uh, Jess McLennan, as well as Jack Lacosis and their next pick, which is Isaac Rankin, all from South Australia. So they got four kids from South Australia in this draft, which is pretty cool. So just some stats on him. Played Sandful uh, football at the age of 16. So he played senior football two years early. Um, kicked four goals on debut. <laughs> All right, so he's got a big raps already. Pick, um, got everyone talking straight away. He's a wheel and go style forward. So he's the guy that hits the logos, gets the ball, and then wheels and goes and moves the ball forward. Um, and has very good uh, uh, decision making and foot skills. Um, he's got ma- amazing endurance and it often leads back inside. So he get he gets outside of the fifty and then leads back leads inside back to take uncontested marks. He's not traditionally a contested beast and marking forward. He's one that uses his agility, endurance. Um, length to be able to take marks on the lead. Um, however, that's something he's working on. He's not. He's no slouch in it. He's just not amazing at it. Um, he averaged fourteen point five disposals, including eleven kicks per game, seven point five marks, two point three goals, one point five tackles in the under eighteen championships. Um, decent. So something to watch in the JLT. But unfortunately, because of his pick number two, he's going to be expensive. I think he's like one ninety k ish. Yep. Um, Very expensive. So I don't think you can pick him. Um, just based on the, the, the price. But if he comes out in the JLT, and I think he will 100% play round one. I think he's locked into their round one plans as long as he uh, has a good preseason and doesn't get injured. I don't think you have to play the top picks, really. You've got to get you got to get him game time. And that leads to the next one, who I think is, again, guaranteed to play round one. Isaac Rankin, pick number three. 
Um, again, from Adelaide, his champion data rated him as the best draft prospect just ahead of, of Sam Walsh in terms of cha- um, uh, champion data returns uh, or points per match. He's a mid-forward type, 180 centimetres, 74 kilos, uh, averaged 15.8 disposals, including 12.3 kicks. So again, that high kick to handball ratio, 3.8 marks, two tackles a game, three goals per game already, um, and uh, 69% of his con- uh, disposals are contested. So he's just that half-forward beast that goes into the midfield when he can, gets clearances, then goes forward and kicks goals. This is that Chad Wingard-style player. Um Predominantly uh, played forward at West Adelaide with stints in the midfield, but he's damaging when he gets in there. Um, I would say that 100% he starts in a pocket right next to his buddy, um, Jack Lacoste. I heard actually on draft night that they're actually not good mates. They play in the same team. They're just like, they're not great mates, which is fine. I mean, you know, you don't have to be best mates with everyone, but that might hurt them later. (laughs) (laughs) Might do. Um, Anyway. Uh, next one is, of course, uh, pick six. So they had two, three, and six. And they went with uh, Ben King, brother of Max, which yes. I think is a, a great, great recruit. I think it is, except I, I wasn't quite happy with uh, Saints being like, you know, tweeting or whatever, being like, oh, I'll see you in a few years. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, which a little bit funny. It's I like, funny. I like it. It's, it's a little uncalled for, though, really. It is, and I don't know if he's going to go back. No. Um, so, I mean, the good thing about he's going to get game time. Well, I would laugh. You know, kind of like um, like a serve you right kind of thing. See you in four years. Ha ha ha. Next minute, Max goes, Max to, Gold goes Coast. to the Gold Coast. <laughs> so that would be hilarious. That would be fantastic. Like the, oh, I would laugh so hard if that came out. Now, the, obviously the touts are so. Um, Max went at pick five. Ben went at pick six. Um, Max is considered to be a better talent. However, missed the entire year with an ACL injury. Um, ben was actually um, playing as so they played opposite ends of the ground. He played centre half back. Um, uh, Max played centre forward or full forward, um, and when Max went down, Ben went forward and started kicking goals. Now they're obviously twin brothers, so they're twin brothers, two hundred two centimeters, eighty three yeah. kegs. Imagine playing them like I thought that guy was yeah. in. <laughs> Next week he's kicking five snags on me. I thought yeah. he was. I thought you said he did his knee. Um, That's the other one. And, and so I don't know where he's going to play, but I would assume that they drafted him to play at centre half back to replace Stephen May. So I don't know if he's going to... They did draft a lot of backs this year. Yes. But again... You, like Collins. Was um, Thompson though? Was he pushed further back? So think, no. Or? Well, that's what I mean. So here's the thing. Here's the big consideration is people loving the Sam Collins pick, but I don't know if he's going to play around one. Because if you look at their tools, they've got Rory Thompson, who's if his fit is playing. They've just drafted in Jack Homsch. He's the guy that plays on the Brutes. Yes. So he's, again, I think he would be guaranteed to but play ahead Jack Homsch had to play a bit taller too. Yeah. And, but he's, I think, 193 or 194 and 90 kegs. So, you know, he's the, the, the sort of big body guy that's going to play on a, a big defender. And then you've got um, Ben King or Sam Collins. So I would rather get games into Ben King. But I can see the value in some playing Sam Collins, yeah. who's the experienced body, had a lot, you know, played at AFL level before, etc. So do they play Ben King early? I'm not sure. Um, I think he gets a run, and I would tip him to be in the starting lineup in round one. Yep. But I don't think he can play all four of them, so... Yeah, it's interesting. Collins, Collins may not he get may, a run. He may just be depth. Yeah, and I'll go into a little bit of... Collins is an exciting prospect as well, but yes. I will go into that a little bit. But um, So he, Ben can play forward, but I'm pretty sure he... And he played forward this year, but he plays his best football behind the ball, and I think that's where long-term he'll be. But there's a lot to play at in AFL world. Um, so in 2017, when he was in defence, he averaged 13.7 disposals, including seven mark, 7.3 marks per game. In 2018, when he was in attack, 
He averaged 14 disposals, 6.3 marks per game, and two goals a game. So he's a slightly better super coach performer because he can kick goals when he does, but when he's behind the ball, he gets those intercept possessions instead of goals. Um, excellent. So I don't think he's probably going to be super coach relevant because price. Yes. And I don't think he's going to have return. a real su- super high return. So he might be that sort of uh, defender that averages your 45, 50. You, you kind of want to get a little bit more, especially if you're going to be paying 180. Yep. Even, even uh, we go back throughout the last five years or so, most top 10 picks are heavily priced yep. and not many give you a good return. Yeah, exactly. So right. you're looking at your McGrath, your Mills, you know, they're the ones that are doing well. But then for those that started, you know, Cam Raynard didn't return too well. You know, there's so many There's a lot picks. that don't. It's, it's, yep. Yeah, especially when they're in the defensive Like even like Luke Davis, Uniaki is like still priced around what he was last year. The pure ready-to-go mids, yes. um, like a Sam Walsh, he'll go all right. Yep. But the small well, forwards be, or, the, or the defenders, well, they he, generally he could, don't. He could be like the McGrath and the Mills. There are some yeah. that do really well returning and then some... Yeah, other ones are not so good. Yeah. Now, next one, uh, they were pretty swift to pick up uh, Jez McLennan, who, uh, again, is another Adelaide product. So their next pick, um, another Adelaide product in Jez McLennan. Lots of raps in this kid, and I'll, I'll go the go through the good and then go through the bad. He's likened to a uh, Witherden uh, in terms of the way that he plays and his foot skills. Absolute sublime, rarely misses a target. Um, medium-sized defender who has amazing foot skills and can inset the ball. Um, he might get a run early, which because obviously there's no K Colo, um, and they're going to have to shake up their entire backline. But he's not a proven accumulator, so he has he's not the type of guy that goes out and gets twenty five disposals, thirty disposals like a Witherden. So he, definitely someone to watch. I will be watching him in JLT. He may be in my starting side. I do think that he will get a run early, but we'll have to wait and see. One eighty three centimeters and eighty one kegs means he's ready to go. But he averages 13 disposals per game, five marks, and three tackles. So if, is that enough? Um, yeah, especially seeing that some kids are getting 30 disposals and then only getting yeah. 17 in I mean, He's a 117K defender, so you can take a pun on him. But we'll wait until the JLT to pass judgment. But, I was um, going to say, mate, 117 so kilos? Jesus. No. <laughs> um, their uh, last pick in the actual national draft was Caleb Graham, pick 71. Academy pick, which uh, he grew up in Cairns. Key defender who can swing forward and into the ruck. Project player likely. Um, and he's unlikely to get senior game time this year, I think, behind Ben King and Sam Collins. Uh, 194 centimetres and 84 kilos. Low agility test scores, but great closing speed. So he's probably more of a one-on-one key position specialist as opposed to an intercept marker or a rebounding defender. So kind of makes him useless yes. in super coach. Um, we're not done yet. <laughs> um Priority State League selection in uh, Josh Corbett. So they had a couple of um, State League selections from just being terrible. Um, the first one is Josh Corbett. <laughs> from just being terrible. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, I think he's a lock. Um, so he's definitely my side. Hasn't left since day one. I think he's the guy that definitely starts round one. Um, he was recruited from Werribee. Um, he's an re- AFL-ready player um, and has previously... Uh, previously, in the previous draft year, he was actually had glandular fever. And uh, was overlooked in selection. He's big, uh, 190 centimeters, 90 kilos. So he's that prototype forward, really big, muscly guy, um, but not real key position prospect. He's more of that sort of uh, Gunston type third tall. Yep. Contested marking beast, animal contested marking. So behind Peter Wright. Yeah, yeah. So you have you know maybe Wright, Lacocious, and then you'd have uh, Josh Corbett in there. So I really think that he will play round one. Mature age recruit at 22, played nine games averaging 7.6 marks, including 2.3 goals in the VFL. 
suffered an eye injury in his ninth game and uh, didn't play out the rest of the season. Um, won the Fothergill Round Mitchell Medal, which is awarded to the most promising young talent in the VFL. Previous winners of that medal are Bailey Fritch, Luke Ryan, Nick Newman, and Kane Lambert. Right. Those are the last four. So Big shoes. Definitely. Um, accurate goal kicking as well, kicking 21 goals, 10 in his nine games. So definitely a guy that can come in and impact from day one, hit the scoreboard, and I'm pretty confident that he'll so, be yeah, playing. Let's watch him in JLT. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last one is Chris Burgess. Um, so he's also another state league selection. Uh, mature age player from Adelaide, teammate of Isaac Rankin at West Adelaide. Versatile swingman was... Um, <laughs> he got cut from his club at age 14 for being too short. And then he grew 20 centimetres in his last year of high school. And they're like, oh, well, you can come back now. <laughs> um, That's so bad. Yeah. So he came fourth. You, at 14, how do you cut someone at yeah. 14 for being too short? I don't know. He's just... Jesus. Maybe the position he played and uh, everyone else was shooting up around him. But he's 194 now, so he's decent size, obviously. Um, so he came fourth in the best and fairest of West Adelaide, and he impressed people with his athleticism for his size, because obviously... He's used to being short. Exactly right. So he's good below his knees. Um, kicked a goal of games as a swingman, playing mainly in defense. So when he does swing forward, he can actually impact the game. I like it. Um, so yes, yeah, another one. But the problem is, okay, so they've recruited all these key possession players... But they've got key position players. So, like, yeah. I don't see him in the mix for an early game unless injury strikes. Yeah, but I think Thompson, um, not having much... I don't think he has that many more legs to stand on, really. So. True. And the way to go about, um, you know, recruiting and drafting for a club is, is this, and pretty simple, is you, you get your bigs in early so that they've got more time to develop. And then once you know that you've, you're set with your spine... Then you start going out with your real big on-ballers, Yeah, or start drafting what you need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then it's, okay, well, I'm getting... I want a Sam Walsh instead of a Jack Lukosius. Yeah. Um, so that's probably their plan. I assume that next year they'll be very, very heavy on midfielders um, for the competition. So they'll probably get number one and maybe another pick and they'll go bang, bang, midfielder, midfielder. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Sam Collins, we already touched on. Um, just a little bit on Sam Collins. Um so he obviously, a lot of people remember him from 2016. He was a great rookie in the back end of the year. He averaged 70, 72.5 in 13 games. Hit, hit the ton twice and at 92. Um, he only played two games the following year, averaging 58. But that year, he won the Peel Thunder best and fairest and couldn't crack into the AFL side, which is just stupid for Frio. Yeah. Like, I couldn't understand. Ross Lyon. He then got delisted and moved to Melbourne and played in Werribee uh, this year um, and won the club's BNF. And he came... Uh, Third in the uh, JJ Liston Trophy, which is the like the best and fairest, like the Brownlow Medal. Um, he's a, he's as wide as a Mack truck. He's absolutely massive, 194 centimeters, 98 kegs. Nice. The guy is an actual tank. Um, I don't know what their defensive setup's going to be, so it just it depends on what. I think Jim, Jack Homsch plays. So if he does, is Sam Collins there or is Ben King, or is it Ben King, Sam Collins, and Jim, Jack Homsch is going to work into his way in the side, but. You wouldn't say that they would trade in for a homsh and then not play him. So. It'll be interesting to see how they set up, that's for sure. Now, that covers all the rookies, guys. So, it's finally got through it. Sorry, mate. Nice. <laughs> so, you just said... Well, well, we're saving time on premiums, yeah. so, you know. Well, I've got here um, the premiums listing right there. You'll probably see... Uh, there we go. Oh, there we go. No premiums. Yeah. <laughs> uh, big back space there. Um, so, do you want to get a start off with some mid-price action? You've had a, a little bit of a look? Not really. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I do have a couple down. So I've got uh, interested 
um, in Anthony Miles, yep. David Swallow, probably Fiorini and uh, Pierce Hanley for me. Excellent. There is some. De- there's definitely mid prizes that you can look at, but mainly draft specific. Draft, yeah, not the, so much. Big one for standards, Anthony Miles. Yes. Yeah. So only um, because he's a proven scorer when he he's playing. Yeah. And he couldn't crack into the Richmond side, but for the Gold Coast, yeah, who pretty much have what David Swallow. Now, I think he starts round one in the guts. Um, I think that uh, he he won the JJ Liston trophy. So that that trophy that Sam Collins came third in, the person who won it was Anthony Miles. Um, And it was actually a tie. So the first and second were both a tie first. And the other guy who won was Michael Gibbons, who's that guy's touted to... Uh, oh, hopefully, to, hopefully oh. get a game. I hope he gets it. Yeah, game. who also... So last year he came second and the year before he won it. Yeah. So, I mean, he's had a three-year run and can't get a crack at AFL. Come on, mate. But let's be honest. The, the thing is, Goldcoast didn't go in. They could have got in for free. Yeah, but they. I mean, his type is rebound defender. They just picked up Jez McLennan. And I think if they didn't go him, he's a midfielder. Jez McLennan? No. Or no, no, no. Michael Gibbons is a rebounding defender. Right. Yep, definitely. Um, now, here's the here's the thing. Um, so yes, it was a tie, but Anthony Miles did that in four less games. So he played four less games than Michael Gibbons and still polled 19 votes. Um, well, he sounds great, Chris, except the fact that he's like 330k. I think it's a decent price. Um, he averaged 30 disposals, including 14 contested possessions, 7.5 clearances, 5.5 inside 50s, and a goal a game. Previous yeah. averages, um, so from 2014 on, so in 2014 he played 12 games and averaged 99. In uh, uh, 2015, 97 in 22 games. 2016, 89 in 19 games. And then he did. He only played five games the next year, uh, averaging 70.6. And then last year, he only played one game, averaging 90. Well, well obviously, he, yeah, he hit a 90 in the one game. Yeah. He's been starved opportunity. Someone, I think, who has value. But I don't see him as a premium selection. He's a stepping stone. Yep. So it's 342k mid, stepping stone. Um, decent selection. I think there are others that can average better that are cheaper this year. But 95 average? Yeah, possible. I'd rather go at Hanabry though. I don't know if I have room for him and uh, Miles. Yeah, be, for me. be wary. But I mean, I suppose the, the good thing is he's fairly reliable to be on the park. He doesn't get injured too much. Someone like I think Miles. he'll definitely get a good role. Um, I'm keen more for draft. He'd be a good option for that 95 plus easy, especially at like 342k. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's one that up. goes plus 100. I think he's he'll probably stay under 100. 95 average is good. Yeah, he's not going to replicate 30 disposals, 14 contested possessions, 7.5 clearances at AFL level. No, but also, well, he could get the opportunity for it, but the problem is as well, if the Gold Coast are losing a lot, it's hard to score points. Yeah. Like, your your scaling gets flogged. Yeah, and I, I do worry, I'm, I'm a little bit wary about the fact that um, Stewie Jew last year had a fucking absolute dead set, sorry for the F-bomb there, absolute dead set Barlow. Done, uh, in Barlow and didn't play him because he wanted to play the kids. So is that going to happen with someone like an Anthony Miles, where yep. know, he plays the first few rounds, everything's going well? Oh, yeah. sorry, I want to play the kids, so you're we'll going to bring play him in, and pocket. he's like getting forty-five touches in the in. You know. Exactly right. So I'm I'm not sure what what that means, but I I don't see him there in four years' time when they start moving up the ladder. I think he's just uh buying his time in the next couple of years playing at AFL level, which is sure I'm sure is fine by him. He'd rather be doing that than playing in the Richmond's VFL team, right? Yep. Um, Fiorini. So, 442k mid, averaged 81 this year. In, inter, injury interrupted year, only managed 11 games, down from 13 the year before. Yep. And his, 
his body's now starting to be questionable. Yes. So, uh, but three of those scores of 116 plus. Exactly right. Which is, uh, in these last four games of the year, he averaged 93. I love Fiorini. I think he's an awesome player. He just needs a run at it. Yep. So someone you can get in draft late because, again, he only averaged 81 as a midfielder, so you can pick him up on your bench. Um, especially in a deep, like an 18-man uh, yeah. dra- draft 12, 12 to 18 men, you yeah. can get him on your bench. Yep. Exactly right. Um, it, it, can he get a run at it? I'm not sure, but I really like him. Watching him play, he's a brilliant footballer, so I, I do like getting footballers in. Now, the speculative premium, I suppose, is Swallow. Average 87 for the... Uh, sorry, uh, what did he... Average 89 this year. Um, he's just... His body and his scoring is just too inconsistent for me. His heights uh, in 2014 have been replicated where he averaged 103. His average history since has been 85, 85, and 89. Yep. Uh, I have a little bit more faith based on... You love him. You've loved no, him for no, years. I have a little bit more faith based on... He's the only midfielder in that in that team, basically. Yeah. Right? So, But he's had a couple of years to get his body right. I think he wasn't confident with it. He did start to show some signs. I mean, he had um, Sir David Swallow had uh, six scores of 109 plus so yep. I think he's you know you get the the back end up you get the consistency up I think he was still banged up a little bit last year I think it could be the who year get, who gets tagged in that midfield now <laughs> no, did, you, did anyone run a tag Tuke Miller did, no, did they no. do a buckle and just go ah oh, nah free for all don't worry about it eh free for all but let him have the ball pretty much <laughs> yep Tuke it's Miller a bit like, like Crips this year like no, I'm pretty, pretty much with him. I'll just tag Tuke Miller yeah, just yeah. to stop him from running with someone. Yeah. No, no, uh, we're taking you. No, no, I'm taking you. No, I'm taking you. <laughs> we're both taking each other. Let's just sit off. <laughs> yeah, go for a spell. Anyway, um, uh, Jack Martin is probably the other one there. Um, yeah, it, interesting though. Jack Martin, he had seven scores in the 90s. Yep. 100, so he is consistent, but I think he'll have a try and have a cracking year. What's his best He's position? He's coming out of contract, so I don't know. He has to, he has to want to have a cracking year to add to his value, surely. Unfortunately, he's a swift breeze will blow him over. But what, what's his best position? Because he played before... His scoring isn't really definitive of this positional play because he plays behind the ball, plays in front of the ball, yep. kicks goals, rebounds the ball, and plays on a wing. Gets screwed. Is he a clearance player? We've never really seen him in the midfield. Could be this uh, year. I don't know. Um, Could be. Do they just give him 10 games in there to see what he can do? Because the guy's got talent. Yep. Oh, yeah. He's definitely got talent. But um, I'm keen to see if he can actually improve and do yeah. something. Yeah. He actually went down he, last year and yeah. only had one, ten, one ton this year. I know. So, That's what I mean. But he could come out and everyone be like, oh, there's the Jack Martin we've been waiting for. Yeah, right. I know. Well, and which is true. Like, maybe it's just Gap, Ablett was there beforehand. Then Aaron Hall is that, that player. Then... Now it's open. Maybe maybe he goes in there. I, I don't know. I, I would love to see it. I'd be interested. You'd, you'd have to have balls to pick him now, but I mean, maybe in the JLT, 100%. a bit of a role change. Um, the other one worth noting for draft reasons is uh, Lockie Willow. Yep. Uh, average 88.5 for his last six rounds. Uh, he's a defender mid now as well, I believe. So, yeah. um, defender, yes. Yeah, and they so traded the farm to get him, remember? So, they did, but I think now a little bit more established in the system. Another year have, older. A couple I of think. games last year, I went. Man, this guy's alright, eh? Yeah. <laughs> you talking about his looks or the game? Well, a little bit of both. Bit of both. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Um, Jared Harbour is one that I'm really interested in. And not not for standard, but just because there's so many other options. But he's a great draft option. I'll tell you why. Hold on, hold on. Inconsistent scoring, typical of a defender who can go big or small. So when he's... He has roles where he gets locked down. And if he has a lockdown role, then he can't really... doesn't ever score well. But then he has roles where he can actually... 
uh, get off and feed and, and use his foot skills, etc. Um, his improvement could lead to him taking more kickouts. He was second in the team with seventy on 74. Stephen May led the team with 90. So he's now going to be the primary kick taker in defense. So he only, I know he only averaged 74 last year, but I can 100% see him average over 80 this year. Um, and especially with that, I think that really helps him um, with the kickout duties. Um, unfortunately, he does play on one in three. So one in three times he gets the ball. So that means that he really only has a 66% upturn on um, those stats. So what I mean by that is, if you're... Um, if you plan every time. Yeah. If you played on last year, you're already getting a stat for that. Whereas this year, um, you'll get a stat regardless. So you get 60, 66% growth on stat, which may equate to what? Two points on average per possession. So if you get another... Well, it depends. 50 meter long kick to a contest. Yeah. Happy days. It does depend. Um, so it should bump... Oh, so he averaged uh, 81.9. So I reckon he can bump that up to about an 85 average. So someone that I think in draft can really add value to your team. Nice. Um, the other one. Yeah, you go. Sorry. No, you go. We got, I got a couple more. But you Jared Witts. Oh, you go Jared Witts. I don't want Jared. to talk about Jared Witts. Just first full season playing 22 games. Average 88. Six, six points per game shy on the previous year. I think is a good late draft selection if you're, if you're in a, a deep league. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with Rucks too because if you don't get onto the first two, you could probably... Justify. I mean, even I think Steph Martin is like 19th or 20th highest average in the league anyway, so he's not going to really get out of round two either. The best late ruck, um, 100% is going to be our next team podcast, and that's Shane Mumford. Yep, so that's a late one. Um, you yeah, can just loophole the first two rounds. But if you don't get the first four rucks, and by four I mean you're looking at Grundy, Gorn, Steph, Goldie, you might mm, as well just wait. Five, Let's extend that out to five. Nank. I think Nank's got, a, yeah. got more to give. Yeah. I reckon he can go 105 this year. Right. Well, there you go. Average 99 this year. Yeah. It's not a big stretch. Anyway. Well, he's not that tall. No, no, but he's he's the possession player. Stretch. <laughs> um, so, yes. Pierce Hanley? Um, I'm keen to see if he can get on the puck. 296k defender, I'll tell you what. He's if, cheap. If he, if he could just show that he could he could stay in the park for more than five minutes, you'd pick him. But Yep. Um, I, I find it hard to pick him in standard, even though I would like to, but no. he just hasn't played the games, and he hasn't scored. Three so. games last year, 13 the year before. Before that, he had six years of 80-plus, including one year at 103. It's just a risky pick. It is. Even in draft, it's a risky pick, because I think people look at Pierce Hanley as someone who can get a serious return. Yes. They might jump early, and I, I might pick I'd, him on a I'd, bench. I'd pick him as an 80 average. I'd pick it's, him at an 80. I'd pick him at 80. You'd pick him just to stop other people from getting him. I'd pick him at because an 80. Because if he goes big, then you'd screw Well, him. at 80, he's worth the risk. Because worst case scenario, if he spuds up, he'll probably get you an 80. If he gets he injured, if he gets injured you just go catch her later. Yeah. And then uh, if there's upside, though, he could go high. So That's true. I see it for draft. Uh, I think Jordan Murdoch is interesting as yep. well. Interesting to note anyway. So coming from um, Geelong, uh, 300s, 290s, should get more opportunities. So for me, I'm watching him. I'm not that impressed, yeah. but if he gets the right role he and needs, he starts to do it, okay. he just needs time on the park. Yeah. I don't know if that's if he's going to get that. The draft, that is. I think he could yeah. have some value as a forward mid in draft. I've put one to watch is Corey Ellis. Um, he never, ever got um, real good AFL team um, time with, at Richmond. Um, his VFL numbers were through the roof, um, but he was playing midfield during that. So whether or not he gets a midfield role or if they still see him as a halfback or back pocket player, that's to be decided. But definitely someone to watch in the JLT. 233 defender came, um, sorry, defender mid. If he comes out in the JLT and goes 90, 105, 233 is cheap enough that you can go with it as a 
as yeah. a on field if uh, sorry D five, um, or maybe even in the midfield as a as a swing. So it's possible. I am interested, but I don't. I think it's too expensive for me. I do like the cheap options, but I, I um, won't. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not penciling in, uh, putting it in stone. But you know, someone that you could replace Birchall with if Birchall doesn't get up. Um, but again, he'd need to show some serious form in the JLT for me to even consider it. Correct. And the role would have to be there too. That's more important. Correct. Um, that is it. That Finally, for Gold Coast. So all those mid prices and all those rookies, but not one premium. More relevant for draft for the mid prices on, and yep. more relevant for standard for the rookies. Yeah, I believe. So I hope you appreciate that was. The amount of rookies and the research you have to do to go into rookies. Yes. And so it's about getting it's the right, right one, too, because you don't want to pick the wrong one and then get some dodgy guy doing you know, dodgy things. So. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. so many rookies. Anyway, thank you very much for paying attention. Um, we are, we are Coach, Coach Insider. Insider. Yeah, thanks, guys. Peace be with you. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry!